Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name's Catherine Carr, and this is Season 3 of Relatively, the podcast all about potentially the longest relationships of your life. I have three siblings. I'm the youngest and the baby, which of course makes me the most spoiled. This week we're talking to Jen Baldwin, youngest of four and a reformed ski bum. I guess adventurer is probably a good way to say it. She's a senior researcher at Find My Past, the family history people. I just spend my days delving into the history of humanity, kind of one person at a time. She's been responsible for all the family history research for season three of Relatively. I have been researching my own family tree uh, since I was about 10 years old. Jen has lived all over the States chasing the snow, but her childhood was spent in small town Washington, D.C. As well as the baby, an adventurer, and maybe a little bit spoiled, she would also describe herself as a nerd, who is happy to talk about her passion for family history, her favourite discoveries for Relatively, and other amazing sibling stories that she's discovered in her role for Find My Past. But she started by describing what exactly genealogy is. It's discovering which ancestors were involved in the military and what wars and battles they fought in. It's talking about their occupations and where they worked, who they worked for, how they did it, how they made money. I like to say things like, you know, do you know where your ancestor got their shoes? (laughs) And if you can describe how they obtained shoes, then you have done family history to a point where you have been very thorough. Uh, so really, it's the discovery of just stories of the people who came before us and, and how we got to where we are today and how were we born and into what environment were we born into. All of that comes from the actions of our ancestors. That's so interesting as well, because on Relatively, as you know, I always talk about the fact that each sibling is born into a different tide because each family has... Right even within the nuclear family, even within today's family, has moved on a little. So when you extrapolate that back generation plus another generation plus another generation, that story just gets more and more fascinating. Absolutely. So there's seven years difference between myself and my oldest sibling, my brother, and the environment in which he was born into when my dad was active duty Navy, it was very different the environment I was born into where my dad was retired and now, you know, pursuing a civilian career. Amazing. So just tell me then, you said in the introduction that you've been into family tree stuff since you were really small. How did you get into it? Yeah, I started with um, a very stereotypical school project where you had to interview kind of a, an older member of your family. We've all done that. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, everybody's done that. And and by the time I, it was my turn, right, I was the fourth kid. So uh, there was only one grandparent left to, to interview. And, and so I sat down with my grandfather. They lived about a mile from us. I didn't realize at the time that he was actually starting his journey into Parkinson's disease. Um, And so his memory was already starting to fade. So grandma sat with us and made sure that all of his answers were correct. And when she did that, she put out this freshly baked batch of cookies. 
And I'm sitting there thinking at 10 years old, I am the luckiest kid in the world right now because I get grandma's cookies and I get them all to myself because my other siblings weren't there, right? And she must have seen some kind of a spark because she kept having me come to the house for for random chores. They were like, you know, send Jen down here to, to help with this. And every time I showed up, she had more cookies. Um, so they would sit, we would do this kind of random excuse of a chore and then sit down at the table and they would fill me with stories. And so my journey really started with oral history and my grandmother's cookies that she would magically pull out of this apple cookie jar. And when they passed on, I actually inherited the cookie jar. So it now sits in my office. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to say that your grandma knew exactly what she was doing, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she <laughs> definitely knew what she was doing. And in fact, she had pursued some of the family history at some point. We did find after she passed, um, we found letters and pedigree charts and kind of some of that traditional genealogy material in her house. She never once showed me those items. She knew instinctively that a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old wouldn't be interested in some boring chart she filled me with stories and she started taking me to cemeteries and to meet distant cousins. And I remember sitting at the holiday table and, you know, other family members saying, don't you want to go play with the kids? And I'm like, no, I'm totally happy sitting here in the midst of the adults, just soaking it all in. Can you remember some of the stories that she told you about maybe the people that you went to see the graves of and stuff like that? The one that maybe made the first and biggest impact? I think probably the one that stands out the most is my great-grandfather, William Warner Brown. Um, and the reason it stands out is because my grandmother was so angry at him. He was known to be kind of a, you know, quite selfish individual. And so here's this patriarch of the family. He's the one who moved us west and got the family out of farming and kind of this this level of poverty that they had been in and really created the branch of the family that I come from. Um, but in the background, he was pretty spoiled. And, you know, there was a, a story where the oldest son was involved in a train accident in which he lost his life. And so great grandpa sues the train company and he wins and he gets all this money. And great grandma says to him, the baby needs diapers. Like, can we go buy some supplies? And instead he went and bought himself a new suit. Yeah. And and so the the family really didn't have positive memories of this man. And my grandparents ended up um, essentially raising one of the younger brothers after this man dies uh, and and was a person in the family that nobody really talked about. I mean, that often is the, the hook, isn't it? The kind yeah, of black sheep absolutely. or the scandal or the rebel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He stands out from the crowd for a reason, right? It just happens to be negative reasons. So let's bring it back into nuclear family stuff. You you got the job when Find My Past offered to sponsor relatively of looking into the siblings that we've had on this season, like the Frailing Brothers and the Outram sisters who worked as coders during the war, or the TV presenter Esther Ranson and her sister uh, who lives all the way over in Australia. How's that been from your point of view? You know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the research at times has been really challenging because there are guests from the podcast that have had a lot of work done on their genealogy already. Episodes of Who Do You Think You Are sitting out there. Uh, and uh, the Coding Sisters obviously wrote a whole book about their story. So in some cases, very challenging, which is makes it very enjoyable for me because it's a little bit like playing detective, <laughs> pouring through historical records, trying to find something new. But I think the part that I like the most actually is listening to the episodes afterwards. Uh, in my role, I don't really get that hands-on kind of one-to-one -one reaction. But with the podcast, I've been able to listen to their reactions 
kind of almost in real time, right? How, how did they feel? How did they perceive that story? How did they take that moment? And it's, it's always so rewarding to understand that that work is going to be now taken on and, oh, I'm going to show, we need to show our mom this, right? That I don't think she knew this. And, and those little moments of kind of discovery are really, really uh, substantial for me. That's, that's an incredible moment. I think that's what's sweet about it is because as siblings, we know that once you're back together with your brothers and sisters, you basically regress to age of age about 12. So right. what's sweet yeah. about the family history thing is that they become like, you know, kids with something exciting to show their mum and dad. And they're like, oh, we've got to tell mum. Yeah. Even if they're, <laughs> yeah. even if they're like 52. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the regression is like complete in that moment. I, I totally agree. So do you have a sort of top of the pops of, of three that you would pick out? I would start with the Edward Newell Robinson. You know, the research behind all of these podcasts is pretty extensive, right? And we, I know in the interviews, you just kind of pick out one or two little bits to share with them, but there's a lot going on to kind of lead to that story. The piece that, that is talked about that I liked the most actually was the individual who worked as a pharmacist, Arthur Knott, right? Mm. So their grandparents, I think. Arthur Knott was a trained chemist, but in the 1921 census, he is employed at the Queen Ferry Flint, and this is most likely today to be Queen's Ferry Brewery in Flint. And so the building is still there. And they knew about this, um, but they had remarked that they didn't really have much detail on the occupation and the, the status of that family. But the idea that the, the role of pharmacist was really quite a high-end occupation at that time, right? And kind of taking that little bit of information and being able to actually say, well, they were actually doing okay. He was educated. He had a real career. He had um, a ability for progress in his career, right? He had promotional opportunities. He had that path in front of him a hundred years ago. I do like that because often stories get, um, well, it's Chinese whispers or oral history, isn't it? So the things can get distorted and simplified. And by the time it got down to Sophie and Edward, I think it was like, yeah, I think they were they the posh ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's about all they knew. So the level right. of detail in the document was really great to be able to yeah. share with them. Yeah, Mum mentioned that they lived in this in this hall or this big big house but I didn't know they lived on their own I thought it was um grandpa's side of the family that had the money nobody's ever talked about granny's side of the family mum did say that on mum's side of the family it's no one spoke about it so granny granny Moore never talked about her mum and dad or anything like that or where they were brought up or marriage or anything it's all very secretive and even to this day mum's side of the family don't really know anything about their grannies and grandpas and what happened to them and or what they did it's all very hush hush so i can tell you that pamela's dad was a pharmacist and he worked at the queen mary flint where he was an employer and i think it still exists the building does yes it's most like the queen's ferry brewery in flint and there is still a brewery there today wow that sounds lovely we'll definitely have to give past that on to mum because she probably won't know about that this season of Relatively is sponsored by Find My Past, the online home of the 1921 census. Almost a century after 38 million people completed the census, Find My Past was chosen by the National Archives to digitise and preserve every one of the 8.5 million household schedules they filled in. And now, after three years of painstaking, diligent work by a huge team, the census is finally available online. Where will your past take you? Find out in the 1921 census, exclusively available online at findmypast.co.uk.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, what about the next one then? What was your second number two? Yeah, so my second favorite, I think, would probably be Mandy Teresa O'Laughlin and her story. You know, pretty typical Irish family, to be fair. One of the things that I like about Irish research, which is notoriously difficult for family history because they've had a lot of record loss, um, is that they have a lot of records that exist today from their criminal courts. So in those records, um, in those court records, there's a case against a Nicholas Whelan, who is one of Mandy's ancestors. Mm. And he allowed two of his cows to trespass onto the neighbor's property. And they basically stepped over some of the potatoes and ruined some of the crop <laughs> of the neighbor. And so the neighbor takes him to court over this issue. And these petty session records are full of that kind of, of story. So it's, you know, this idea that you know, you can make all these different assumptions around Nicholas Whelan. Like maybe he didn't care that his cows were trespassing in his neighbor's yard. Maybe there were other disputes there. And how did they come to terms on that? Did he have to, you know, give him five of his own potatoes? Like how many potatoes actually got squished by these cows or eaten? Um, so there's a whole lot happening there. The other piece of that story that that really caught my attention was another of her ancestors named Hugh Murphy, who had a dog. He had a black greyhound. And in Ireland, you had to register your dogs and get a dog license. It was another way to generate taxes. And so he he registered his dog year over year over year. And that's actually how we were able to make the connections in the family was oh, Hugh really? Murphy's dog. <laughs> and this is, in case people are confused, this is Kit Duval. Uh, and her brother Dean's ancestors. And the most amazing thing about that episode for me was that the story I picked out, I thought, this is really left field. I'm not sure if this is going to land very well. And it was about an ancestor of, ancestor of theirs that dug up a Bronze Age urn, I think while repairing a, a hedgerow or something like yeah. that on a piece of land in Ireland. And I thought it could be greeted with like really unimpressed silence. But actually one of Kit and Dean's other siblings <laughs> is like A, really into family history and B, completely obsessed by the Bronze Age. <laughs> <laughs> hang on have we got any claims to that <laughs> i mean i don't know because it's been written up quite extensively and i'll send you the link and there's actually a photograph from the 5th of april 1935 and he's leaning down with this urn that he discovered in amongst the the peat and the mud it's amazing I really what's really interesting about that we've got a sister who is obsessed with the bronze age no and and, and in all in all the time in all the time that she's been obsessed with that and obsessed with genealogy, she's never found a story remotely as interesting as that. No, no. She will literally be over the moon with that information. 
Um, and what about the third one then? What's your um, third one in the top of the pops? Yeah, so I think it has to be the Coding Sisters. You know, Pat and Jean are so well documented. Their their life story is absolutely tremendous. The book is a must read as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it was a real privilege actually to work on their family tree. For me, they're kind of historical celebrities, if you will. And they expressed a specific desire to learn more about their maternal grandmother, Agnes Margaret Sumarez, was a descendant of this actually quite prestigious family from the Channel Islands. And they go back all the way to the, you know, probably early to mid 1700s. The, the last one I traced was the first Baron de Samarez, who was born in 1757. And just kind of chasing that story and going person by person, the lineage itself from this first baron down to the sisters to, you know, to modern day. It's very traditional genealogical research. It's one generation after the other, but you find all of these little stories amongst each of those generations. This family was really incredible. And I think what I loved about it, and I'll, I'll play the react, the very cheeky reaction to this in a minute, but <laughs> what I loved about it is that the research that Find My Past provided for me to give to the siblings and which people could find if they did their own family um, history research are not just documents with writing on, but there was actually a painting of this um, ancestor of theirs, the Baron. And I thought, oh, that's that's amazing. We were able to send that to them, and they were able to then look at that and enjoy it. And similarly, the urn that was found by Kit's ancestors is actually in like the National Museum of Dublin or something like that. <laughs> so the fact you can touch and see these things made it all much more real. But anyway, we should listen to Pat and Jean and their response. He was awarded the Knight Grand Cross of the Order of Bath, Commander Grand Cross of the Order of the Sword of Sweden and the Freedom of the City of London. All of those awards. Good heavens. Well, that should be good for a few free holidays for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've never thought of going to the Channel Islands and following it up, but I rather wish I'd done it now. It's a bit late. (laughs) I thought they were so into that. It was really sweet. I wonder if people are interested in family history more generally, if you have any other good sibling stories which aren't from my podcast, but which are from your (laughs) research, which you could share with us to sort of give us more of a flavour of the kinds of things which are out there. Yeah, there's some really great stories out there. One that we actually just worked on recently uh, which people could still find um, and kind of dig up online if they choose to read more. Uh, there was an individual named William Elliot who, when he was a boy, he left a note in a church pew in northwestern England, County Durham. It basically says on the note, you know, I don't want to be forgotten. Please remember me. Whoever mm-hmm. finds this note, please remember me. It's just the, the sweetest, most vulnerable position for, you know, I think he was 10 or 11 when he left that note. Oh, sweet. Um, And the local community had tried to kind of put his story together and figure out, you know, what happened to this young boy. And we were able to get involved and dig into the research. It turns out that his sister was the first one to immigrate. She immigrated to the United States. It gets married and kind of settles down. Mm -hmm. And he follows just a year later and then joins the United States Navy. Um, over the course of his naval career, the United States changes policies and they say, well, you actually have to be a naturalized citizen to join the Navy or our military forces. And so he ends up resigning from his position. He gets fast-tracked into citizenship um, and then re-enlists. He has this amazing career. He serves on a number of different vessels. He serves on submarines and all sorts of things. He f- works through World War One. And then eventually retires from the Navy late in the 1930s. And then at the 
the start of World War II, when the U.S. US enters World War II, he re-enlists, serves again through World War II, and then retires in California. And now we have been able to connect his, his living descendants to this note back in County Durham saying, you know, here's this young man who didn't want to be forgotten. And now we have his descendants today saying, yeah, we haven't forgotten you. It's so touching, isn't it? How you can, um, I mean, obviously I'm preaching to the choir here, how you can kind <laughs> of thread these little tiny clues and then find a whole life and then put all these other lives in touch with each other. There's something very kind of affirming about the process, it seems to me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say in this case, it was especially poignant for me because the crux of the research was really his sister. So it really, you know, it's not just that it's a sibling relationship, but it's also crucial to me that it was a woman that mm. helped put that story together. And women are so traditionally left out and forgotten in the historical record because, of course, history was predominantly a male's world, right? Mm. Um, because of the rights and, and not rights that women were afforded um, over history. So most of history really relies on the male being represented in the record. But in this case, it was the female of the family that really made the, the story great. I love that. I absolutely love that. People listening, specifically me, might think, I don't want to project onto everyone, that um, the amount of research seems quite daunting. But I was surprised to learn when I kind of looked into doing family history and to how something like Find My Past works, that actually there's quite a community of people out there who are finding pieces of the puzzle that may be part of your family's puzzle too. So actually you get a lot of help, don't you, when you start? Yeah, I would say that's very true. The The community is incredibly welcoming and very ready to to encourage you and to teach. The Find My Past forum community on Facebook is particularly good at introducing people who are new to the hobby and saying, you know, here's a great way to get started. Uh, and, oh, I've researched, you know, Johnston's from that county before. Let me point you in the right direction oh, and, really? <laughs> and give you a little leg up on, you know, who are the right people to talk to? Wh what are the best websites to use? You know, Find My Past has parish records from this county that are particularly good. So if, you, if you're working in that area of the country, you know that Find My Past is going to be a good resource for you and, and tips like that. And why would you recommend people to do it? Like, obviously, you're borderline obsessed, if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for, the non, for the uninitiated or the non-obsessed people, why would you recommend it as a as a hobby? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. Um, of course, I am obsessed and I have been for, for a long time. I can't imagine my life, though, without knowing where I came from and who I who I came from. Mm. I think for me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned along the way is that I have, I feel that I have a greater sense of empathy for other people around the world than I would without knowing the struggles that my ancestors went through, right? I know that my ancestors experienced war and famine and depression and, um, you know, we're trying to farm during the Dust Bowl. I know all of those things. And because I know that, I can look at today's environment, whether it's political or uh, occupational or financial, mm -hmm. and I can say, I can sympathize at least a little bit with the person who's going through that experience because I know that my ancestors survived that. I think it really helps us understand that we are actually just one big family, like mm -hmm. the entire world of humanity, the entire population of humanity, we're all connected 
in some way. We share this history. And the more we understand that, and the more we understand that from that very personal level of our own ancestors and see the world through their eyes, the easier it is for us now today to have empathy for each other and say, I can meet you in the middle there. I can compromise on this issue because we have that in common. We have this bit of history in common. I think you should do a TED talk, Jen, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was absolutely wonderful to talk to you. And thank you so much for doing all of that. Uh, My dog's barking. Thank you very much for doing all of that brilliant research for season three of Relatively as well. Uh, It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to Jen and thank you too for listening. There are two more episodes to come in this season of Relatively. You can find all the episodes from season one, two and three. I think there's 50 now at relativelypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do share that website with friends or maybe a brother or a sister. And you can rate, review and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts as well. It really does help. Thank you. Thank you to Tanita Tickerham for letting us use her amazing song. This is a Pocket production and sound design is by Nick Carter at mixsonics.com. I'd also like to say a huge thank you to our sponsors for this season of Relatively, Find My Past, for digging into their extraordinary records and uncovering surprising and often revelatory family stories, some of which you've heard today. Find My Past is the only place online where you can access the 1921 census. So if you want to start your family tree or add colour to what you know already, then findmypast.co.uk is the place to do it. There's a good tradition of love and hate Staying by the fireside There's a good tradition of love and hate Staying by the fireside Another rain may fall Your father's calling you You still feel safe inside Only your ma's too proud Your brother's ignoring you Was it solo? Was it yesterday? Was it true for you? Cause while all the rest have taken time, this didn't do enough for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.